Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's up? This is Sully from Godsmack. Strap on those boots, baby, because you are now in the trenches of the war room with the one and only Mistress Carrie right here on the Mistress Carrie podcast. Hey, it's Mistress Carrie reporting for duty from MCHQ for after action report number six. On episode 18 of the Mistress Carrie podcast, Brad Arnold from Three Doors Down joined me on the show. And we talked about all kinds of stuff, and he made the promise that he would come in the war room some Tuesday night and show me some of the amazing memorabilia that he's been gifted from members of our military. And I thought the 245th birthday of the United States Marine Corps and the night before Veterans Day was the perfect opportunity. So Brad joined us in the war room, and he talked about the When I'm Gone video, writing Citizen Soldier, touring around the world, playing for our military troops and our veterans. And then we were able to show each other some of the memorabilia that we have in our respective war rooms. So if you haven't heard episode 18, you gotta check it out. The video from Brad's appearance in the war room is up on my official Facebook page at facebook.com slash mistresscarriewaf. And it's also up on my official YouTube channel. So if you wanna watch it, you can. Otherwise, here's the audio and here's what you missed. And you shouldn't be missing the war room. Join me live every Tuesday night at 8.30. I did make Brad one promise to help celebrate his ongoing sobriety. We called a Temple Tuesday, which means we all drink Shirley Temples and it's no longer cocktails in the war room. We turn it to mocktails in the war room. So here's Brad Arnold from Three Doors Down in Mocktails in the War Room on November 10th, 2020. Hey, how are y'all? I'm good. How are you? Doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. How are you holding up? I'm good. I just got off a horse and <laughs> got done taking care of horses and uh, chilling at home and and uh, glad to glad to be here. You were on episode 18 of the Mistress Carrie podcast, and when you we did the interview, you were talking about the ponies that you have um, on your ranch or on your farm. Are those the ponies that you were hanging out with today? Yeah, they turned into giants. <laughs> they're two years old. They're well, they're two and a half, but uh, they're they are big horses. I mean, they're they're quarter horses and they're barrel horses. But uh, the guy that was breaking them, we took them over to uh, Kicks Brooks from uh, Brooks and Dunn has a farm over about forty five miles from here. And uh, the fellow that we got to break them for us works at, uh, at his farm. And so we took them over there and he broke them for us. And they've been there for like two months. And uh, we brought them back and neither one of us have been on them. Jen rode them for a minute over there the other day. But uh, we got on them together a while ago. So we weren't sure what was going to happen. And it couldn't have gone better. And they were perfect little angels. And so much fun. You're talking about Jen, who's obviously your wife that anybody doesn't know. And she's quite an accomplished rider. Is she a better rider than you? Oh yeah, heck yeah. She's won. <laughs> I barely, I, I barely ride. She she's won world championships and stuff on on uh, AQHA, uh, barrel racing and stuff. And she's a great rider. So I couldn't have a better teacher. 
So uh, like I said in the intro, today is the 245th birthday of the United States Marine Corps. So I got my one six shirt on tonight for all the Marines. So happy birthday, you guys. Um, yeah, happy birthday. Normally tonight is a crazy night to be out anywhere in any major city around a Marine Corps ball um, because they can get a little unruly on their birthday. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Have Get you ever have you ever been to a birthday uh, ball for uh, any branch of the military, Marine Corps, Army birthday? I have not. Okay. So they have the biggest cakes that you've – like I don't know where they find these bakeries, but the military, they get these giant cakes and it's the most badass thing because they cut them with swords. Like who doesn't want to cut a giant cake with a sword? It's amazing. I want to, <laughs> I want to see that be doing. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. For the Marine Corps birthday, they always have uh, the oldest Marine in the room um, take a bite out of the cake first and then pass the piece of cake to the youngest Marine in the room. And I went to a Marine Corps uh, birthday ball last year and the youngest Marine in the room was born in 2000. And I was like- wow. Oh my God, I feel so old. Yeah. That's when we started touring. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that is crazy. So you're, I, you know what? Uh, that makes me feel old. Yeah, right? So you're having a big anniversary this week for the band. So you got to talk about that. Yeah, the, our, uh, I guess our, their second record came out 18 years ago, and which is it's strange to even think about. Um, you know, and that's how long that that record kind of and when I'm gone kind of sparked our relationship uh, with the military for the most part, which we I mean, we're from military families. Chris was in uh, was in the Navy. My dad was in the Air Force. Um, but like as a band and our relationship uh, for what we uh, starting to play shows and just doing different things with them um, started with that record. And it started when we uh, went over and we played on the deck of the USS George Washington and um uh, then we went over to Bahrain. We done some shows around uh, Naples and some other places, and uh, played a show on the on. I mean, I could have thrown a rock off the off the stage and landed in the Persian Gulf out in amongst a bunch of tents. It was cool, and uh, but it it started with that tour, and and yeah, it's been 18 years ago. It's so crazy. I know, and and that when I'm gone video. I mean. Three Doors Down had already broken records at rock radio because of Kryptonite. And so to follow up a massive song like that with something like When I'm Gone, and you guys, I mean, obviously 9-11 happened in 2001. And a year later, when the wars were, when, when things were really starting to move with the military and we really kind of understood what was going on, how did you guys end up on the deck of the George Washington? Like, was it you guys that went to the military? Did they invite you? How did that happen? They invited us. MWR invited us. And we were, we, that, um, that, the ship at the, at that moment was in port. It was, I mean, well off the coast, but technically in port. Um, it was off the coast of uh, Porto, Portugal. Or, uh, it wasn't Porto, Portugal. It was off the coast of Portugal. I forgot the city. Um, uh, maybe Lisbon, Portugal. Um, but it was off the coast. And so we took the captain's boat out there. Two days later, we were supposed to go and play on the deck of the Lincoln, but we were going to fly onto the deck of it. And uh, 
And we were all, I mean, we were all like ready to do it. <laughs> we were all scared as hell about it. Because that would have been on one of those planes where they got to take yeah. the cable and slow you down, right? Yeah. And for all of us to have been on there, it would have been a good sized plane, you know? Right. Um, and that would have been, I mean, I would have did it. I would have done it, but it would have been, <laughs> that would have been scared. Um, but so they got deployed like literally the day before we were supposed to go. There was a day in between the two shows and it got deployed that day. And um, which we knew it was a possibility. But um, that was awesome. It was, and you know, and what was cool about that show also is, like I said, they were in port and they, but they were off the, you had to take a, a boat back and forth because it was a, still a couple miles out there to the boat. And um, uh, these kids hadn't, and the average age on the boat was when they left port was like 19 years old. And they said by the time they came back, the average age was 20. So many of them had birthdays. Oh my and, God. I know, and this boat it had it had. It's it, Brad. It's a on. it's a ship. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a town. Yeah, right. It's a town. It's if you when you're coming out there, when you're going out there, you just watch it. I mean, it was far enough away that you you could, you could see it out there, but it was small. And as you get up to it, you just watch it turn into a city. There was fifty percent more people on the ship than there are from my hometown, and. Which was amazing. And they haven't been in port at the time in three months. And like 60% of the sailors on the boat stayed on the boat. And if they stayed on the boat, they didn't get to go ashore because they were going to be in port for like three days. If they stayed, they stayed to watch the concert. And they stayed to watch the concert. Well, one of the most striking visuals for me in the When I'm Gone video is when they lit the numbers of the ship. Yeah. And that was the backdrop. And then they showed the ship in the ocean and showed how big it was and how small those numbers looked in comparison. And then when you show three doors down in front of the numbers, the numbers looked huge. I know. It was amazing. And, and I remember turning around that night on stage and looking at those numbers and being like, holy crap. I <laughs> couldn't believe I was standing on that. I couldn't believe I was standing on the, on the deck of an aircraft carrier much less like playing a show on the deck of an aircraft carrier. Um, before we start talking about um, our collective war rooms, um, that video, that famous video that was really just such an important statement in support of the military back in 2002, that wasn't even the original idea for the video. And you touched on this in the podcast episode, but do you mm -hmm. mind for everybody that's in the war room with us tonight, you guys had originally filmed a video for when I'm gone that had nothing to do with the military. And, and can That's, you tell us the story? We did. We, uh, we, we shot the video and actually shot it during a tropical storm down in South Mississippi in our hometown. Um, we shot it and it basically, it was kind of like an old new Orleans style, like funeral that all these people kind of made this procession. You can look it up. Uh, it's on, it's on YouTube, I believe. Um, you just had to maybe type in original or, or swamp or, I forgot what it is, but it's on there. <laughs> but it's worth watching. Um, but it's this whole like New Orleans like funeral procession, like approaching us in the woods, and and they start like digging around us. And a couple of the dudes digging are actually our dads. Um, no way, really? So yeah, and it was, yeah, we knew almost everybody in the video, and uh, so um, so they all start digging around us, and by the by the time they get us by the end of it it's nighttime and they're we're in the mud and we're like in our grave and they're burying us and i had to be buried up to my neck and it was i was legit standing in a grave 
buried up to my neck. <laughs> and and uh, they, I mean, they eventually buried up over my head, and they would only leave me buried for a second. But you buried up over your head. Yeah. And it was a, uh, it was sketchy. It was it was a cool video though. But so we shot the video. And then we went on that tour and we just took a cameraman. We weren't planning on making a video out of that. We just took a cameraman with us to just document it because we wanted it on. We wanted it. Yeah. Know? Why wouldn't you and, want uh, that footage playing on the deck of an aircraft carrier? Of course. Exactly. Somebody better be recording, you know, because <laughs> um, <laughs> everybody didn't. I mean, you know, that was 2002. Everybody wasn't running around with their iPhone. You know? Right. A and, lot of uh, people forget that, by the way, that there was a time where everyone didn't have a phone in their pocket that had a camera, exactly. an HD camera with amazing resolution. Yeah, for real. Um, and yeah, you, somebody, you might have like one that was as big as a laptop now or something, you know, something crazy. Um, but uh, so we came, we, we came back from that tour and we were on tour a couple of, uh, a couple of weeks later and we went through New York and, and we were talking about the video with a record company and they were like, yeah, that's, that's cool video and all. But, uh, Monty Lippman, the head of uh, universal, he said, let me show you what we did with that, uh, footage from your military tour. And he showed us that video and we were like, um, that's the video. Yeah. <laughs> so much. And it was, you know, it was, it was cool. And it showed, it was, it, we were really proud of it and we were proud to show our support and we were proud to have been, and uh, been on that tour and got to go see and do the things that we did. But it was just, it was a great experience. And and the things that it led to that we got to do with the military, we've got to do some amazing, amazing things. I've, um, I'll show you some stuff that I've got. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked in the podcast episode and you were in your office and you were talking about some of the things. And I was like, Oh, well you should see my war room. And that's when we started talking to the podcast. And I was like, you got to come in the war room because I want to see some of the stuff you got. And I want to show you some of the stuff that I got. I wish that I was doing this in my office back there, but it's kind of, I don't have any like, uh, I don't have wonderful Wi-Fi, and so it don't really reach back there. And it would be. Well, don't move because we can see you perfect and you sound great. So don't move. <laughs> So, so when I'm gone became this military anthem by accident, right? Because of the video, then you guys got asked by the national guard to write a song for them in citizen soldier. And when yeah. people found out you were going to be in the war room, they talked about how, when I'm gone, help them get through, um, their husband and wives deployments. And then obviously citizen soldier all of a sudden becomes this anthem for our troops themselves so how did that how did citizen soldier happen well, well that's that's what they wanted you know and, the, and actually the national guard we wrote that for for the national guard but we knew that it would apply to every branch of the military and uh and they knew that it would and that and it was for, for actually for a campaign they were doing to they wanted a video to play in movie theaters before the movies uh you know during like the trailers and stuff but they wanted it to not like be a little they didn't want to like a National Guard commercial. They wanted to, like they wanted to show the history of the National Guard, and uh, <clears throat> and we were in the middle of writing the Three Doors Down record, and uh, and uh, I think like a uh, I, I I don't I don't know what his, his rank was, but I know that he was high up. Uh, called me one day and and he and they just told me like basically what they wanted in the song, kind of like what they wanted to hit on a little bit, you know. He's like, well, you know, we're the they call us the citizen soldiers. And I was like, Oh dude, that's perfect. He's like, song writes itself. <laughs> yeah. He's like, if you could just mention that word in the song somewhere, I was like, Oh no, that's the name of the song. <laughs> if I said it on the, I said it on the phone, I was like, no, the song is called citizen soldier. 
And he's like, okay, cool. And uh, he said, you know, we just want to talk about, you know, because the uh, the National Guard, that's who takes care of us here at home a lot, you know, and, and floods and fires. And I mean, God knows. Every, Those are the every, fighter jets this, that got scrambled on 9-11. I mean, they're, absolutely. you know, the yeah, heroes of Hurricane Katrina, the National Guard. I mean, you know, just here in Boston, if if it's not a crazy blizzard, it was protecting downtown after the marathon bombing. We depend on the National Guard. Those were the guys I was embedded with overseas in Iraq and Afghanistan were guys from the Mass Guard. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they, they do a lot of stuff. And, and so we just talked about that on that call. And he said, you know, we want to do the video and, and show those different things. He said, so just kind of maybe write the song accordingly. And I'm like, I literally called him back in like 15 minutes because we already had a, a song that kind of fit that kind of we already had the music to, to, to Citizen Soldier. We already had that music. And I was like, oh, man, I literally I called my manager back and I was like 30 minutes later. I was like, you, we got it. And, and we called him. He's like, are you serious? You think you you think you have it? I was like, I'll record the vocals and we'll send it to him. And I recorded the vocals. They was like, dude. <laughs> and, and and so the shooting that video was awesome also um, cause Antoine Fuqua, who did like training day and shooter and all that stuff. who's a, I mean, he, he's done some of the best action movies ever made and, and an awesome dude. He just, a, he, he's cool. He's just a cool guy. And, um, but he directed the video for that song and, uh, it was that, I mean, it was, well, it was, it only, it had about a hundred times the, the normal three doors down budget for a video. <laughs> but, <laughs> it turned out really good. <laughs> when um, we touched on it in the podcast, but I want to give you because Veterans Day is tomorrow and today the Marines are celebrating their birthday. When you go and play these shows, whether it be for military bases here at home or you go on the deck of an aircraft carrier, or you go on base overseas to a place like Bahrain. Um, talk about what it's like as a child of a service member, but also as a civilian musician and getting to tour the facilities and most importantly, um, getting to meet our troops themselves and and what that was like, because I've seen those shows and there's no more passionate or rabid fan than a military fan that is appreciating an artist coming all that way. I've never felt more appreciated in my life. I mean, the every everywhere you go, every time, everyone you meet, they just tell you, thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm like, man, thank you. And it's a pleasure. It's a, it's an absolute pleasure to go and meet everyone in soldiers and airmen and sailors. And, and, uh, it's, uh, they're, they're just, they're, they're great. Every, every, every base you go to is, is, well, it's different. And, and like I said, on the podcast, you, you get to play with some cool toys too. You know? <laughs> We've got to shoot tanks and we had to fly on an F-16 and I mean, go through touring aircraft carriers and submarines and stuff like that. And I mean, it's, it, it's, it's when I hear that we're going to do something, anytime I hear that we're going to do it, I'm like, yeah, heck yeah, let's do it. Yeah. The military knows how to spend money and they have the yeah, they best do. toys ever. Oh, oh ever. Um, Literally, ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you and I had joked about some of the stuff that we've both received. And so I thought tonight uh, would be really fun for you to kind of take us through some of the things that you've gotten from our troops and from your trips visiting them. And then I can show you a couple of the things that uh, I have in my war room as well. So what do you got, Brad Arnold from awesome. Three Doors Down? I have 
Uh, well, I've talked about some of these things already, but uh, I, and I have so much stuff. I, I the last time I counted, I probably have like uh, I have at least 180 challenge coins. Oh, and you I, got more than me. You do? Yeah, we do. Uh, you know, I'll send you one. Oh, Next I would love I'm that. I'll bring you one. I would love and, that. Um, but I, I feel it's only fair to have, I mean, because so many guys were giving us coins and stuff. I was like, well, I need, and I mean, I give them to police officers and stuff. I keep them in my car and stuff, not to get out of tickets, like if I see them <laughs> in the parking lot. <laughs> and, you know, honestly, I, last night I was uh, standing at Tractor Supply. I, didn't, I live in uh, outside of Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, I was talking to a dude at Tractor Supply, and, and uh, he said he was in the Army, and I Reached in my wife's car because I, I, I like here, man. I give them a challenge going to virus, and they always appreciate it, man. I just it's a simple way to say, man, I appreciate you. You know, your wife's like, um, I can't take you anywhere, even tractor supply. <laughs> I get horse feed. Um, but so, so starting with uh, and this is, I mean, simple, but it's really, it's really, and it brings back. This is just stuff out of my case back there that I could kind of grab and bring in here. Um, but this is, I mean, just a hat from the George Washington when we were out there and. And I mean, they, you know, they give you all kind of gifts and, but it was just the mark being there. And, and, um, but that was the first, that was where it started was on that boat, you know? Yeah. And have you worn that and had somebody stop you and been like, oh, I know somebody that was on that ship or, uh, you know, I've had, I've met several, several people over the years that were there on that. Really? And they'd be, he's like, man, that's. See, you had to, I was on the deck that night. You played on George Washington. I'm like, no, wait, man, that was it was a great, great experience. Um, and somebody handed me this up on stage one night, and it's it's just a hat, and it's a wore out hat, you know, to look at it. And, what and does it say on it? More. Cool. I mean, yeah. that thing has seen um, some wear. Well, so, but it, he handed it to me up on stage. He said, "This hat." Afghanistan 2009, Iraq 2011, all yours. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's cool. And you saved it. See, people oh, yeah. people that, that give artists things from the crowd, they never know what you guys do with them. And the fact that um, that you I saved this so stuff. Much. I have so much. I love that, that you kept that. And uh, this is from, I think this is a, uh, a spent shell, but it's a 25... See, twenty-five millimeter shell, and that's from the. I think that's from the brilliant. Um, that's from one of the guns. That's I think that's the small gun on a Bradley fighting vehicle. And the the people uh, in yeah. the comments will tell us if that's not right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think it's off the Bradley fighting vehicle because I got its big brother back there, and I think it's off the small gun of a, a M1 Abrams tank. And I got to shoot the M1 Abrams, but the Bradley, the Bradley's kind of. Actually, it was kind of more fun to shoot because the Abrams, you just get in. It was fun to watch somebody shoot the tank from outside because you just, it's already armed and you can kind of aim it a little bit and stuff, but you just arm it and pull the trigger and you, you know, you shoot way down range. Um, but in the Bradley, you could move that gun around and like, <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> and you're quite, we talked about it, we touched on it in the podcast that uh, you love to go shooting. And so Absolutely. you're not a novice when it comes to marksmanship. So for somebody that can really appreciate the fundamentals of the power of a weapon that big, 
it's you. Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. The guys I went skeet shooting with the other day might not call, <laughs> might not call me a good shot. <laughs> I'm terrible, but I'm better with pistols. <laughs> um, but so this is from when, uh, when we went with the Thunderbirds and it's pretty simple, but, uh, um, but it says right there that I pulled nine G's. Oh, sorry. Oh, there, there. you got the big nine. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was harsh. Um, Did you know when have, you flew with the Angels, how many planes? Because I flew with the Mass Air National Guard here, but I was in a sing, just one plane. We weren't flying in formation. Were you in a formation? And how close were those other jets really? It was just me and one other jet. It was uh, it was Matt and uh, our original guitar player, the one that passed away. Uh, he and I uh, went up together, and he was well. He was in a different jet, and and uh, the pilot said, "Look over to your left." And I looked over, and I was like, "Whoa!" I mean, he was right. I mean, he was right there, like like whoa. We, were, I mean, we were, like we were sitting here flipping each other off and stuff, you know. And uh, but they they overlapped their wings, and then it was cool to like because they all like go around each other. And stuff, you know, and, uh, and the fact that you're going as fast as you are, and they are so intricate with their movements, the skill of these pilots—I mean, it's unbelievable. It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. Um, and we went from Las Vegas to California in eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? A four and a half hour drive. So he said that he said if he really had to in like one of the single seaters, he could go to the coast of California in eight minutes. I was like, man. <laughs> he said he said he'd have to hurry up and do whatever he was gonna do because he'd almost be out of fuel by the time he got there. Yeah. But he could get there. Yep. Um and I left it I left it back in my uh thing and you probably couldn't see it real good anyway. You know, but I I say it in reference to those challenge coins and I appreciate every one of those that I've ever been given. Um, but I have one and it's pretty simple back there and I, and it took me a, a minute to even realize what it was when the, when the man gave it to me, it was an older man, gave it to me at a show one day. And, uh, it was its first recon battalion and it was from Vietnam and it's like, well, well worn. Like that, that he had it in his pocket pin, a long time. Yeah, well, this pin it was a it, it was on his it was on his uniform going through that jungle somewhere. Oh. I was like, man, it was it was really heavy. But the the something that I'll, I've always just thought was amazing that uh, somebody would give me, and I, I honestly I tried not to take it, at, but I, the, he was like, you have to take it, and uh, it's this fella gave me his purple heart, and. What do you say? I, just, I mean, there's nothing I could say, you know, not a thing I could say, but thank you. Yeah. I mean, something like that when you're, you know, like you and I are very similar in that way that there's military in our family. Um, we ended up not taking that path for various reasons, but both of us obviously showing great support for the military and as a civilian, to be gifted something like that with so much meaning and so much honor attached to it, um, sometimes it's overwhelming. And absolutely, the brotherhood that and the sisterhood that our military members have is something that you know people like you and I—they're so appreciative of what we do. But the appreciation for 
you know, I mean, I'm standing in Kabul in 2011 as a purple haired female American journalist, you know, and the only reason I was still breathing was because I was surrounded by a bunch of badass motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so and so to be welcomed into that kind of brotherhood in the way that you and I have both been over the years, um, it's it's I mean, overwhelming is kind of one of the only words that describe it. It, It's very humbling. It really, really is. It. Uh, I've, I've talked so many guys that said, "Man, we used to listen to y'all song every day before we went out on patrol, something." And and I mean, it was it. It means so much to me to know that they were listening to us and like, like we weren't there, but like our our songs were there, you know. And it kind of a part of you was there, and and it. I don't know. Nothing, nothing means any more to me than hearing them guys tell me that. I, you know, it blows me away every time I, every time I hear it. And for the post 9-11 veterans, um, so many of them enlisted um, or commissioned when they knew we were at war. Absolutely. And so, you know, when 9-11 happened, obviously the next day recruitment was just insane with people that either wanted to get back in the military that had already served and gotten out or people that were like, I need to go and do something. And so, you know, when you talk about the 19 and 20 year olds that you met on the George Washington, I bet a lot of those sailors enlisted after 9-11 and they were acutely aware that they weren't just going to be getting a GI bill and using it to go to college, that they were going to be used for their intended purpose. That's right. That's right. Um, Go ahead. God bless them for it. Yeah, it's it's when you see, um, you know, the the recognition of the selflessness that it takes, you know, to leave your life behind and whatever it was at that moment and feel like you were called to do something um, that's greater than yourself, to be part of something greater than yourself. It's awe inspiring. Absolutely. It um, really is. I want to show you a few of the things that I have in my war room and and some of them are, you know, big framed things and whatever. So I could only bring like you some of the smaller things that um, that I could carry. So we've talked about it here in the war room in the past. Um, You'd bring up the challenge coins. I grabbed these three because um, I've been honored enough to meet three Medal of Honor recipients that have given me their coins and um yeah i mean you know you talk about um you know an award like the purple heart you talk about the medal of honor it's like everybody knows what that what that blue ribbon means and so to meet people both young and old from different wars and conflicts in our history and to be able to shake the hand of someone that you know has has earned our, our highest honor as a member of the military. It's, um, you know, like you, you said with these coins, they mean a lot. They really, really do. Um, those are awesome. I got, I don't know if the blue angels gave you one of these, but I got mine. I got my wings when I flew in the fighter jet. Oh, that's awesome. Which I thought would be really cool because they actually like someone in the military had to fill out a form to get somebody to make me wings that actually said <laughs> Mistress Carrie. And I just want to be the fly on the wall for whoever filled that form out. But I love this. So I want to Heck say yeah, that's awesome. what's up to the 104th fighter wing, the uh, Barnstormers, because they gave me that. Um, I mentioned my trips overseas. When I announced my trip to Iraq in 2006, 
Um, we actually used When I'm Gone as the music that set up the big announcement. We had teased nice. for like a month that I had a big announcement that day. When we made the announcement, we used your music to announce it. And then when I went back overseas in 2011 to Afghanistan, um, the commander gave me, and I've showed this before, this um, wow. this old compass that um, it says, uh, let me see. It's hard to read it, but it says pocket compass. It says, is it 1885? Mm-hmm. And then it came in a box that has the Yankee division logo, which is now the Yankee Brigade. And this is um, the 181st and 182nd Infantry of the Mass Army National Guard, which is who I was with overseas. They're one of the four original um, units from the U.S. military. They have uh, Lexington and Concord and Boston battle streamers from... Whoa. Yeah. So the history... That was like the first, 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 first We invented first America, Brad. Place. You're welcome. You, you know, did. You know how we you are did. up here in Boston. <laughs> um, when I was in Afghanistan, I was gifted something. You know how those guys, they get a lot of downtime, so they get a little creative. So uh -huh. th they had a blown up Humvee. And so one of the guys went into the metal shop and he made me a sword out oh. of some of the armor that came out of one of the Humvees. Ooh. And I'm sure that sword right there weighs about 40 pounds. Yeah. It, I mean, if I did this for a while, like, you know, you'd see my giant pythons popping out. But getting this home from Afghanistan, oh god, no small feat. Let me tell you, no, I want to say what's not. up to everybody at the post office. Thank you guys for letting me get this home. <laughs> and um. Those doors, the armor, that's some heavy steel on those things. Right? Those, those doors, I mean, if, if, when you see a hum, when you see one of those Humvees, it's like, yeah, that's pretty tough. When you ride in one, you can feel how heavy they are. And when you grab that door, you know that you grab something. Oh, that's, I yeah. mean, that's something. They, getting in and out of those vehicles, most <laughs> of the time I sat behind the driver, right? So I had to use my left arm and smash the, like, to get the door open and I ended up with this, and I called it my civilian bruise, that I had this embarrassing <laughs> bruise on my arm because I was always checking the door. And it was like, oh, yeah, you can tell I'm a soft civilian because I got a bruise just opening the door. Nothing in those vehicles is soft, though. No. I mean, it, you know, it's like everything. Y'all need some padding in these things. Yeah, right? And then the last thing I wanted to show you, um, I had gone on two trips overseas and I had planned to go on a third in 2017. Um, I was supposed to get embedded with some Green Berets. And they couldn't tell me where they were. And they couldn't tell me what they were doing. And at the very last minute, like literally a few days before, all I knew was I was supposed to fly to Jordan. And that I would get picked up and I would find out where I was going after that. Nobody knew about it. Like literally two people at the radio station and me and the company lawyer knew about it. And that was it. And at the very last minute, the plug got pulled on it. And when the the guys came home, um, one of them came over. I had promised him a nice glass of scotch here in the war room when he got home safe. And he came over and he gifted me with something. And he said, you know, we, we ended up um, getting into some trouble, looking for some trouble, going after some bad guys. And they said, you know, when we returned home safely from that battle, we realized that you were supposed to be with us. And so I brought you something home from that battle and he gave it to me and I was like, are you sure you don't want this? And he was like, that's the small one. I got the bigger one. 
And so I have it here. And part of the reason why it's not framed is that just taking this to Michael's craft shop to get it framed would probably put me on an FBI list somewhere. But they came home and he gave me an ISIS flag that they took off of the guys that they got in the firefight with that day. So I proudly have this on my coffee table here in the war room. And every week that I do cocktails in the war room, I make sure my coaster's on it. And this is where my drink sits. This is what's on the table underneath it. And I thought it was so badass that he gave it to me. So I wanted to show it to you. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's freaking awesome. Thank you. Um, I want to explain one term before I... uh, 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 let's see. Um, the comments are coming in like crazy, but everybody's commenting. There's one story about Afghanistan that I want to share with you because it's become a little inside joke here in the war room. So when I was in Afghanistan, it was a huge in downtown Kabul. It was a huge base called Camp Phoenix. And there were like 17 countries and there were all these civilian contractors. You know how big those bases are. They're huge. Yeah. And they were, there was like a marketplace on the base and there were places to get food and all of this stuff. And one of the places was um, a massage place where the guys could go and get a massage. And sometimes things happen in a massage parlor. Uh And the code was blueberry cobbler. And if you said that, you got a different massage. And the guys that I was embedded with begged me and pleaded with me the whole time I was there for me to go get a massage and ask for the blueberry cobbler because they were dying to know what would happen because they were all guys and they were like, you got to go in there. You're the only girl. You got to go in there and ask them for the blueberry cobbler. (laughs) So one night early in the pandemic here in the war room, um, I may or may not have had an extra glass of sangria and I told the blueberry cobbler story and it has now become this inside joke here in the war room. And literally, if you could see my comments, Every single one of them says blueberry cobbler right now because it's become this inside joke. So now that you've come in the war room with us, you are now privy to the blueberry cobbler inside joke. So welcome to the war room family, Brad. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, Before I let you go, I wanted to open it up and just see if anybody had any last minute questions. We're doing an after action report of episode 18 of the Mistress Carrie podcast. Um, So many people just said how much they loved the episode. Um, There was so much amazing feedback on how open and honest and candid you were about your sobriety and encouraging other people to um, get sober as well, which is why we're all drinking Shirley Temples tonight in your honor. So thank you very much. And watered down Diet Coke because the ice is melting it. My producer that came with me in Afghanistan, we call him producer Mike, says, thank you, Brad. Your music is a time machine to a brotherhood to me. Seeing you live is an emotional roller coaster, and I love it every time. So that's from producer Mike. Thank you. Let's see. Uh, Mark wants to know if you would do one of the the drive-in shows that the bands are doing right now. Have you guys thought about it? You know what? I'd do about any kind of show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know that in, uh, I know that we're talking about some, some live stream shows and I know that people are doing those, but we're, we have a company that we're going to be working with and we're announcing it soon, but it's, they're doing, like, they're doing this one. We're doing three of them and they're going to be legit. It's, it's going to be pretty, pretty awesome, but I'm ready to get out and play some actual shows. Um, I, but right now I think the only thing that we, that we're, we're talking about maybe, um, going down to Australia, maybe before anything, uh, 
Oh, but I'm ready to play in America. I'm so ready to play a show. We miss I, we you. Oh, we I'm, I miss y'all. We played. We recorded some songs for for a, a thing that I uh I can't say what it is. Yeah, you can. We won't yet. tell anybody. <laughs> we'll keep your secret, Brad. Don't worry. No. Shh. Well, we got to record a couple songs just live acoustic the other day, and it was so much fun. And and I learned, and it's been so long since I sang. I have a my I, our house is just me and my wife, so it's pretty quiet around here. And my voice is just it echoes through here, and I drive my <laughs> wife crazy. Um, so I try to be a little bit quieter at home, and then when I get to singing again, it's just I, I have to kind of like re get in that gear. And I, I'll get getting tuned up and I'll come home and she's like, yep, you've been singing. <laughs> uh, Kim loves your accent. Oh, thank you. Up, up here, it stands out a little bit more. Up here. It's- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it um, gets terrible when I'm at home. When, I'm tra- when I travel a bunch and I go around a lot, it's not too bad. But when I get home, it's so bad. Well, I mean, it, it's the same thing with me. You know, I, I, I can get rid of my accent when I really concentrate on it. But if mm-hmm. I have a drink or two and then somebody pisses me off, I go full Boston and you should just never go full Boston, you know? You just should never do it. Well, well you should never go full Southern. Either, yeah. So people can understand what you're saying. <laughs> Brad, I am so grateful that you came to hang out with us in the war room tonight. I loved seeing all of the stuff that you brought in tonight. And I know... Everybody here in the war room is is just so excited to see you and hear from you. And the feedback, like I said, on the podcast episode was great. And it's so nice to have you for an after action report here in the war room. And um, I know I speak for everybody here when I say, you know, we love you. We love Three Doors Down and we miss you so much and we can't wait to see you. We love y'all, too. And we miss y'all. And I, we can. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. Nobody is ready to go back on tour more than us and and as soon as things are allowed and i think that things will be allowed before too too terribly long and uh as soon as we can get back going we'll we'll be back out there and uh before i let you go uh just one more word about uh the marines celebrating their birthdays today we always cheers whoever's having a birthday and to all of our veterans cheers to you brad Cheers to y'all. Thanks to all of our troops and uh, our veterans and, of course, the Marines on their birthday today. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Brad. Happy birthday, guys. We love you. It was so. Thank you so much for coming in the war room tonight. It was so awesome to have you. Please come back anytime. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Next time you come in, uh, I want to see the rifle that you got from Mr. Charlie Daniels that you told me about. Oh, dang. I wish I'd have known I would have broke it out. No, no worries. Absolutely. Next Next time. time. When you get the tour scheduled and you know you're coming to Boston, you're coming back in the war room so we can talk about the show and we'll see the rifle then. That sounds like a plan. All right, Brad. Thank you so much. Good night. Thank you. Good night to y'all. Enjoy the ponies. Uh, yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right. Good night. Thank you so much for checking out this After Action Report. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss anything from the Mistress Carrie podcast. Weekly episodes come out every Wednesday. Every Monday through Friday, you get the sit rep which is all of your rock news, music headlines, and entertainment info in less than five minutes. 
And then, of course, you get the after-action reports. I also want to put a plug-in for Cameo. If you'd like me to make a custom Cameo video for you, especially with the holidays coming up, just search for Mistress Carrie in the Cameo app, and I will be happy to make a custom video for whatever occasion you have. And I also want to say hello to everyone that has a Mistress Carrie backstage pass. If you go to patreon.com slash mistresscarrie, you can get a backstage pass, or you could buy one for someone that you know or love. Basically, it's a behind-the-scenes look at everything that I got going on. Podcast, cocktails in the war room, you get exclusive pictures, polls, blog posts, you find out about all of the news before anybody else, and very soon, you'll get discounted merchandise in the official online store at mistresscarry.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.